0: AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com.
1: in the 21st century. Hardware. You'll find us here, moving iron. Hello and
0: welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Markets with Chip Nellinger. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. If you are in the uh, business of looking for a resource mouse pad that can tell you the metric conversions of tires, I've, I've got the deal for you. Go to axontiretips.com and uh, fill out the form, and Axon will send you two mouse pads that you can leave on your desk. That way, if you want to know the difference, the next conversion of a 520 tire, by God, you'll be able to figure that out by using that mouse pad. So if you're interested in doing that, go to axontiretips.com, and they'll send you one in the mail. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs at Valley Transportation. Our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online. Learn about your financing options at agdirect.com. And this Moving Iron podcast is also brought to you by TractorZoom, with access to over $20 billion worth of heavy equipment, machinery, sales, data, TractorZoom's Iron Comp is the industry's trusted solution for transparent heavy equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. Chip is with Blue Reef Agri-Marketing out of Morton, Illinois, and he's nice enough to come on and talk about what's happening in the markets. So, Chip, how are you doing this morning, man? Hey, uh, doing well, Casey. Interesting markets we got. Uh,
1: You know, I might have to get uh, a couple of those mouse pads. I'm old enough to remember when they tried to, uh, (laughs) I think I was about uh, fifth grade maybe, and uh, they came up with this great plan. We're going to go to the metric system. Forget this the miles and and, uh, yards and all this stuff. We're going to teach everybody the metric system. Uh, didn't go so well, lasted like maybe, uh, maybe one school year. And then they decided, you yeah, nobody, nobody knows this, you know, we're too entrenched in, in, in feet and in inches in, yep. in, uh, in miles. So it didn't go very well, but I'm old enough. I remember that and I'm doing all the conversions. And, yep. uh, so I, I need one of those mouse pads. I still get it. <laughs> get it mixed up
0: yes uh, i'm sure if several people got several speeding tickets for going 120 miles an hour not yeah 120 that's right kilometers miles hour, right <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. so a couple things one we've got a ton of stuff going on there's plenty of information out there about all this recession talk and this that and the other thing and well there's they're starting to get a uh a, a hard line in the sand between camps we have a camp that says yep absolutely going to happen no doubt about it. Recession is coming this fall. And then there's another camp that says, uh, yeah, this fall we're going to have something, but it's not going to be a recession. We're going to start turning that corner. So, all kinds of push and pull here. But right now, you know, I, I read this Valley transportation um, reader every morning when I do this. And I, I think about the five and six and seven dollar diesel prices that we're seeing out there in the marketplace right now. And even though you know a good point was made the other day with rich possum who's on the podcast was that fuel costs are at all times highs but the uh the price of oil is nowhere near an all-time high and I, I guess as you take a look at that and what you see going on right now you know oil's getting banged up right now in the marketplace and on the market i guess what are your thoughts about energy right now yeah you know <laughs> i
1: think that uh, that's going to be the battle i mean i i'm not an economist. I have an econ major, just a bachelor's, but I pride myself in not being an economist. I know supply, demand, um, you know, price. Uh, right. Price is the ultimate, uh, you know, uh, bullwhip. It'll it'll crack you right in the face. Right. And uh, I would say any way you cut it, whether it's a slowdown in economy because of high prices, particularly energy, or whether it's interest rates rising, uh, something's gonna slow us down and i I would argue that you're already into a recession. you already have one quarter of negative growth. all yeah. you needs to officially for a recession. Uh, this energy thing, you know it's just um, borderlines comical. Um, you know it's like the Keystone cops. It's like, well, you, you hit the nail on the head, right? I'll just right now, as we're speaking It's seven twenty five central. Uh, crude oil is down five dollars and eighty three cents. It is probably about uh, it's trading uh, just just rounded up and call one oh four, and so you are about sixteen seventeen dollars off of the recent highs from last week. However, the the products, heating oil and uh, gasoline futures, are nowhere near that far uh, off the highs. The problem is the refining problem. I am not even in the energy sector. But, yeah, we're doing all these things uh, to, to try to fix Putin's inflation. We're going to uh, release some more barrels uh, off out of Strategic uh, Petroleum Reserve, right? Right. It's, it's a refining issue. We need to build more refineries. We need to get the oil where it needs to be at the refining uh, plants to fix this thing. And, you know, now we're going to do away, try to do away with the federal uh, gas tax for
0: 90 days well what good is that that's that's a joke what's that do none of that stuff yeah.
1: decreases demand no it increases
0: demand Gas. we don't need yeah. to
1: increase demand we yeah. need to slow demand down yep and uh we're gonna throw everything against the wall to try to increase demand um yep. you know talk these prices down well unfortunately lower prices don't slow demand down uh, taking a gasoline tax away and yep. making it cheaper doesn't slow demand down and so um You know, uh, it just seems like uh, the higher up the echelon you go in uh, economics uh, levels, you know, past bachelor, and there's probably a lot of PhDs in economics uh, in Washington advising uh, the current administration, uh, it seems like they regress backwards uh, on common sense and uh, try to, you know, uh, redo the laws of economics. So that's my diatribe there. We are seeing a big correction of crude oil. You're getting on a chart uh, to an area here, uh, just call it 103-ish. It's, it's drawn off a weekly chart from the lows back in uh, mid-March. There's a trend line. We're uh, within shouting distance of that. If that gives way, I think that uh, you'll quickly be under 100 down uh, into the uh, mid-90s. There's a bigger trend line there. Um, I've said all along, and even on this podcast, Casey, as crude oil goes, uh, inflation goes, <clears throat> That's where the money goes. And, you know, you have to wonder now, have we run the course on this uh, on this inflation thing? It doesn't mean it's going to go away overnight that, you know, $5 gasoline and 6 and $7 diesel fuel is going to go away overnight, but uh, maybe the money is starting to get pulled out of uh, the uh, inflation trade. It is a futures market. We look way out ahead. And so maybe the, the market's looking uh, down the road and saying, well, you know, the Fed's going to overshoot. We're going to go into recession. We're going to uh, blow people up again, much like 2008. But then the next, you know, leg of that is going to be quantitative easing. We're going to lower interest rates. We're going to stimulate the economy. And so the market is a futures-looking uh, market, and it may be looking out ahead. And I guess the take-home for me is: Are we starting to show some cracks in the inflation uh, trade? And um, you know, the action of crude oil last week, and then so far this week makes you uh, makes you wonder if uh, if we're not uh, it's weighing on the grain markets as well beans didn't have a very good yes, trading yeah. session yesterday they're yep. their lead double digits lower now uh corn tried to rally but you know now it's getting uh it's getting beat up the stock market uh, again is you know 400 lower on the futures right now so scary times out there and uh you know underlying all that you know you probably have farmers out here listening uh, saying hey What's that have to do with my corn yields, my bean yields? It's 105 degrees and it hasn't rained in three weeks. And, and so that is happening as yeah. well. We've got a, yeah. a weather situation that is not real great out there. I know there's been some scattered rains around and the crop is holding up okay right now in late June. But if we rip the page off the calendar into July and we keep this high pressure ridge and you know, triple digit heat and no rain, uh, things are going to deteriorate quickly. And so, uh, you know, it's just uh, as, as cloudy as it ever has been trying to read the the tea leaves here, but mother nature will have the, the final say as far as the, the green markets go in spite of, you know, what the outside markets and this inflation talk
0: might be doing. Yep. So the let's talk a little bit about what's going on on the crop progress side of this. So, uh, corn, you got ninety-five percent emerged, seventy-five or seventy percent rated good to excellent, and that was seventy-two percent last week. So, like you talked about, starting so seeing just a little bit of a slide there. But nothing, I mean, that's two percent, and a lot of things to go, a lot of di- different directions to make that two percent pop up. Soybeans, ninety-four percent planted, ninety-three percent um, is what the average is. Eighty-three percent emerged, eighty-four percent last week, sixty-eight percent rated good to excellent. So, right now, as you look at the corn crop looks like a good crop right you got you got a lot of big numbers out there but it's still early like you just talked about spring wheat is kind of the tell of the tape here you know you look at the overnights right now spring wheat was up at what 18 to 20 cents higher roughly i mean it had a huge run up um hard red winter wheat was up 13 to 15 cents in the overnight so i mean there's some stuff there if you look what's going on there 95 percent that's headed I'm going to talk about wheat here when we I get into talking about this. So 95% headed, it's head of average, 25% of it's harvested. Um, cotton, you know, cotton's right where it should be, you know, 96% planted, uh, 22% um, going on there. You got bowl setting and everything else. So everything's moving the way it should be moving. Things are looking like it's going to go well. Um, the folks you've been talking to out on the wheat run right now, have you have you got a good feel for the for the uh, yields that you're seeing um, so far in this first half of wheat harvest?
1: Yeah, about as expected, which means not very good in the plains. Um, I I saw in that harvest progress, we're getting, uh, you know, on the downside of harvest in Texas and Oklahoma, we're rapidly moving uh, and advancing uh, into Kansas. Not very good out there. Um, You know, a lot of single-digit to 20-bushel wheat. I I think that was about as expected. Uh, You know, the wheat tour, uh, a month and a half ago, I think pegged it pretty well mm-hmm. over in this part of the world there's not a lot of wheat um, you know that's that's soft red uh and it's pretty decent crop uh um, you know we had the right the right winter the right moisture this uh, uh you know this spring and you know um we we finished that crop well so i all, all told I don't think it's any um anything outside of the realm of what the market had been been thinking we're getting deep enough into it that we should be kind of quickly getting past this harvest uh, pressure type situation. Um, that was the excuse. I'm not so certain that that had uh, you know a, a massive influence on this latest break, but it probably didn't. Didn't help us. Uh, the wheat market tried to stabilize overnight. We had some more weakness. Uh, got down to 960 on the front month in July. That's a pretty c- critical support area. We bounced pretty sharply off of that. A 47 cent rally very quickly off of that and now we're back about uh, 20 off of those overnight highs so uh, very uh very volatile situation the wheat market uh is is probably getting close to support but we're gonna you know take a cue from the outside markets and right now crude oil just continues to to weaken up here it's down uh six plus dollars and that's kind of the, the weight on everything because there's a lot of money that's been poured into not just the grain markets but kind of a entire basket of commodities. And and now, you know, I think everyone like myself is sitting there saying, Hey, is uh, this inflation thing, uh, you know, going to get readjusted and we're going to, you know, going to pull a bunch of money out of the inflation trade across a lot of different sectors. And, and, uh, and that can happen fast. Maybe that's already started arguably with the action uh, of yesterday. It was kind of a strange, strange day yesterday because the, the weather forecast, it did get slightly cooler, and just a touch more rain, uh, but it wasn't uh, the dramatic shift that you would have expected for them beating the, the markets up like they did and following through today. It's still relatively dry forecast and and relatively uh, warm, although backing off on the heat maybe a few days and pushing that ridge to the west, but there's a lot of hints that it comes back into July. So, right. I mean, it, it's, it's not like totally... Uh, uh, a great forecast and everything's fixed. We're going to get rain and save this crop. It has been holding on. You mentioned some of those, uh, some of those numbers as far as the, um, you know, uh, crop conditions go. We did see a little bit of a deterioration, particularly in Illinois. And, and I've heard that here, you know, if, if there's any time on the production calendar where you want it to be dry, it's, it's about right now. I mean, cause it's probably not doing a lot of, of, uh, actual yield damage right now. Um, but I did uh, yesterday start to hear producers saying, "You know, my crop looked great until Monday, and then it started going backwards, and it looks uglier." And again, I'm not saying we're doing yield damage to it, but we're going to need some rain quickly. We got like a 30% chance uh, tonight, and and then it's cooler. You know, it's not 100. It's it's 85 to 90, but still not a lot of rain in the forecast. So. My point with this is this crop is going to, without moisture quickly, uh, this crop is going to go backwards fast. And I think that uh, although the crop conditions on corn only went down, uh, what, 2%, Illinois had a big, big drop. I, I think that uh, the, the biggest drop out there was Illinois. And if you look at the, you know, past 14 days of precipitation, Illinois is, um, you know, kind of missed out for the most part other than a couple isolated, you know, pop-up showers that uh, we
0: saw because of the heat yep okay all right let's talk a little bit about you know talking about heat you know we've had had some uh unfortunate cattle things happen in kansas you know had a bunch of cows uh just go you know die but i i of understand you know if you read the reports and kind of see what happens i mean talking with my my family back in, in kansas i mean it went from being 80 degrees to 105 degrees and the one thing people don't really understand about the state of Kansas is that it's it's a very humid state. There's a lot of humidity in Kansas. You know, growing up there, you don't realize how much humidity is there until you go live in the desert for a while. Then you come back and it's it's bad. So, so you hit those high dew points and those kind of things, and you start seeing these these things happen when you have these flash you know pop ups and heat. We go from eighty degrees to one hundred and five for ten days straight, and and high high dew points and high humidity it plays an effect on on livestock so i guess looking at the cattle market right now with what we've seen happen right there and already having a fairly tight supply but you know to kind of go back into this this inflation recession talk thing with the cattle herd the way it is and you start looking at you know the available um you know demand signals that you're seeing out there could could the herd thing be as bad of a situation that we think just because of there may not be as many people out there buying you know 17 dollar t-bones and those kind of things yeah that's i think that's something that's that's held us back quite honestly
1: you know i don't think that the cattle markets immune from that uh, they take a lot of their uh, at least short-term trading cues from the the equity markets and there's certainly been a lot of pressure there um although that's a horrible situation um you know we didn't the market's holding together. I mean, I, I guess I would say we're in kind of a volatile uh, value area here. Uh, the market tried to rally, couldn't couldn't hold that together. Um, you know, we got a cattle on feed report coming out Friday after the close, and it's still expected to show um, very close to record numbers on feed. So we still have a lot uh, of, of animals uh, on feed out there, and, and that's something that's hung over us for quite a while. I think we'll slowly turn that corner but you know to your point the big question here is can consumer demand hold together through this inflation right uh you know five plus dollar uh, gasoline and you know just across the board you know gasoline and and food have been the two biggest um you know pushes on inflation so that's going to be the question also our exports have been really strong um uh, to, to record uh, amounts And, um, you know, through all this, the dollar has been pretty strong. Is that going to be something that slows, uh, you know, our, our export situation down? Japan's one of our biggest buyers. They've got some, you know, fairly, uh, critical financial uh, instability going on there. (laughs) Yeah, And so that's the question on, on this deal. I, you know, I think longer term, I've been very bullish the cattle market uh, just based on shrinking numbers and the amount of cows and breeding stock that well, we had to liquidate over the past 18 months but you know that can definitely be balanced by demand shrinking as well it's right it's two sides of it right it's supply and demand the supply eventually is going to shrink i mean i think that's pretty clear the question is can the demand hold together um and and we'll just you know we'll just have to have to see on that but uh we're holding it together. You know, that's, that's the thing, this lower corn market, uh, you know, has the feeders, uh, you know, up near multi-week highs. So, uh, you know, feeders out there, I guess, silver lining of, um, you know, from the feed lot industry is corn's off the highs and, you know, that's, uh, that's a good thing. And, and feeder cattle are getting, uh, supported here because of that. So, you know, it's a, it's a margin business and you've got, uh, you know, corn on the one hand and, feeders on the other, and, and you know, fat cattle prices and demands thrown into that pie as well. So it's it's less than clear out there, but I, so far, I think the bright spot is that uh, cattle market's holding together pretty well. The cash market's, you know, stabilized um, in, in, in spite of this big break in the stock market that we've seen. Uh, I think the cattle
0: market's held it together pretty well so far, uh, knock on wood. Okay, so take a look at what's going on hogs right now you had a you've had a huge spike up in hog price you know you see a big run up here you got the chinese hog market is in is in the toilet basically it's just it's a struggle right now to keep that thing moving um they they hinted around about some some african swine fever popping back up but you can't really get a straight answer what's what's really going on over there so looking at the hog market are you seeing some spillover buying demand buying from the public going over to pork with with the price of beef the way it is right now is that kind of what you think maybe be happen or do you think there's what else is driving that that move? Yeah, no, I think
1: I think that's a big part of it. I, I think we're seasonally in a time frame where you see, um, uh, you know, the the lowest kills on the hog side and the highest demand, and you know, I I don't think that high uh, beef prices are uh, uh, are are hurting the, the hog market and pork demand. Let's put it that way. So my my fear with this is though that you know things were kind of out of uh the normal seasonal cycle we had those those uh you know near record highs uh, several months back it was kind of at the wrong time seasonally mm-hmm. um the market's trying to rally back now off of recent lows and we're several dollars off those lows but the clock every day that goes off the calendar you know is that much closer to um you know where the numbers start uh, getting bigger and you know demand tails off a little bit and, and so we're kind of coming into the Latter part of the seasonal price peak window, I think we really have to keep that in the back of our our minds because I don't think hogs are going to be, uh, you know, immune to this. Uh, if the inflation trade is over, and that's a big if still, um, hogs won't be immune to it. So, I, you know, my point with that is, seen a nice rally. I, I, I for one, have uh, the, the the yellow flashing light in the back of my brain going off, saying, "Hey, we got to keep close eye on the hog market because." every day that goes by uh, is closer to, you know, what, when we normally see our seasonal uh, summer price peak. So I think we need to keep a close, diligent watch on hog prices. They are acting okay. The cash market's rallying. Uh, There's not much premium that the futures have. So I think that's helping, uh, you know, create a a tailwind and pushing us higher. But um, I think we've got to keep a close eye on it, especially, you know, if we get uh, up closer to, you know $90 um, on some of these uh, winter contracts and you know the the August uh, you know right now closed yesterday uh, what one hundred nine sixty? you get those up uh, another three four bucks and you really have to be taking a close look at it uh, from a production
0: side and from a, a risk management side yep right on all right good stuff as usual chip folks I want to reach out to you and get more information about what you're doing over there at, at Blue Reef Agri-Marketing what's the best way to do that
1: yeah, best way is just call our office, 309-550-7213. We'd be happy to chat with you and uh, kind of review your plan, extra set of eyes and ears, because it's uh, definitely getting, uh, getting difficult out there in, uh, in very choppy, turbulent times.
0: Yes, very much so. Chip, appreciate you being on the podcast, man. Thanks. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Go to LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast and check out the YouTube channel, Moving Iron Podcast, for the video version of this podcast. Uh, My good friend, Alex Shechenko, is over in Ukraine right now, passing out humanitarian aid um, on his own dime, so he's working doing the Lord's work there on by himself. If you'd like to help support Alex, um, he's got a GoFundMe page set up. Go to GoFundMe.com and check out uh, Help Alex Transport Humanitarian Aid from Poland to Ukraine. And in the show notes, there will be a link that you can click to go to to donate there. So if you want to do that, uh, help Alex out. Go to the GoFundMe page there and, and donate. If you want more information about what's going on with the Moving Iron Podcast, go to movingironllc.com. you find all the information there, especially the information for the upcoming Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee, September 6th, 7th, and 8th. If you're a dealer of any kind, uh, whether you're new, used, or otherwise, you want to check that out, send me an email at podcast movingironpodcast at movingironpodcast.com, or you can just apply right there online, and we'll get you, get you all registered up there. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Chip Nellinger. Let's go move some iron, folks. Out.